832-6958. And Studio B is 716-748-0112. Thank you very much for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station in the world. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. I'm Barb DeLong, your host, and I invite you to step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we all call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns and everything in between. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. I am really excited and thrilled because tonight we have a spectacular lady with us who is eclectically oriented, amazingly talented and gifted, and an absolute delight to talk to. Her name is Corrine De Winter, and she is an award-winning poet and author of several books. Her most recent is A Sensitive Soul's Guide to Waking Up. I highly, highly recommend it. She's won the Bram Stoker Award for The Woman at the Funeral, and several other of her books have been nominated for that same award. She studied with the paranormal and renowned ghost hunters, Ed and Lorraine Warren, while in her teens and continues to investigate haunted spots wherever she travels. She's a naturalist and a philanthropist. 
She works towards peace and harmony by lending her expertise towards human and animal causes across America in the form of public speeches and writing. One of her websites features the famous Purple Plates, which were inspired by the work of Nikola Tesla. Tesla understood that the cosmic symphony is resonance. Nothing exists in the universe that does not have harmonic harmonic vibration. In realizing this, Tesla influenced the production of personal oscillators that vibrate in tune with the lumen. I'm going to mispronounce this. It's luminiferous ether. Might as well just have said cosmic energy, but we'll go back and correct that. The plates create a positive energy field around themselves that will penetrate any material substance by osmosis. This energy is said to be beneficial to all life, plant, animal, or human. For those of you interested in checking out the Purple Plates, she's at, I love saying this, she's at www.purpleplates.com. And her website is, is www.coreendewinter.com. Um, and after the show, um, the archive for the show will be on my website, and that's at www.barbaradelong.com. Corrine, welcome to Nightlight. Thank you, Barbara. That was a lovely introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I meant it because you are, you are, um, so eclectically oriented and you have so many different aspects to your work and your field. And, and it's, it's so obvious that you have allowed spirit to guide you and passions to call you. And, and you've gone in so many different creative directions that it's inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I do try to let spirit guide me, but of course, as you know, um, it's, it's sometimes hard to trust that, you know? Well, um, it always is, but it's always an adventure and there's always something to learn, even from, um, a mistaken turn of events. Uh, I know that some of my mistakes in retrospect have, have given me amazing inspiration and foresight and uh i have been able to share from the pulpit i i when i did work in the pulpit i i only spoke about my mistakes you know basically saying i made the mistake this way you know learn from it and make your own right right indeed i agree with that but i was i was really impressed that that you studied with ed and lorraine warren um you were so very young. How did you get involved with them at such a young? I mean, that, come on, a teenager. That's pretty young for that kind of work. <laughs> I know. Well, um, I've always, since I was a little girl, been into supernatural, paranormal things. Um, I remember when we lived outside of Boston, uh, we, I, you know, I must have been eight years old or something. We went to the witch, the Salem Witch Museum, mm-hmm. and I was just fascinated by it and I remember doing a book report on witchcraft um you know I was probably in fifth grade or something I don't remember but I've always been interested in that type of stuff and so um of course you know being interested in that then I saw that the Warrens were coming around I learned who they were and started to go see them at their lectures and pretty soon 
you know, I was able to go to their house and, and just kind of watch what was happening with them and hear about the different cases that they were involved in. And as we, as we were speaking earlier, Barbara, about the Amityville horror, of course, there are, are a lot of people that even today, or I should say, especially today, question if the Warrens were legitimate. And, uh, I don't know how much you know about them. But, um, you know, I can tell you that hearing their stories and sitting with them and watching them do their work that, you know, they, they were very legitimate. And I don't think that they were making up these different things that happened. Oh, no, probably none. Ed was a demonologist. And that's that's quite an amazing calling in and of itself. And uh, I understood that now I've they, they live right around me. I mean, um they're not neighbors, but they're they're probably in in a, at least I th- I think they really are quite local to to where I live, and um, it it's rumored and I've seen it talked about that they had quite a museum in their basement. Was that true? Oh yes, I have footage of that actually. Um, yes, and I sat next to Annabelle the doll. You might have heard of Annabelle. Oh, I've heard about <laughs> Annabelle. Yes. <laughs> For those well, who I remember, yeah. For those who haven't um, heard about Annabelle, you might want to give a, a short bio of Annabelle. Well, okay, I'll try to make it as brief as possible. Um, so Annabelle was a oversized Raggedy Ann doll that was given to um, a couple of women that were nurses at the time in this, you know, in somewhere in Connecticut, and the doll. They would treat the doll like it was their daughter. They would bring it to the breakfast table. They would buy jewelry for it. So uh, a medium, they called in a medium one time because weird things started happening with the doll. Mm -hmm. And the medium told them that, in fact, it was the spirit of a young girl who had gotten killed in front of their apartment. That that's, but it was not the spirit of a young girl in Annabelle. Uh, it was something much more demonic than that. Um, and though I'm not a, cra- you know, I'm not crazy about using the term demon or evil spirits, but, um, this thing really, the, the doll Annabelle really started to wreak havoc in their mm-hmm. lives. And the boyfriend of the girl, one of the girls, uh, boyfriend got really angry with the doll. And, and there's a story about how he, threw the doll across the room. He went to take a nap shortly after that and woke up with slashes on his chest. And um, he said the last thing he remembered was the doll coming after him. And wow. so, I mean, I know these sound fantastical, right? But <laughs> but this doll has quite a reputation. <laughs> well, I remember they, you know, uh, Lorraine talking about how some of the uh, – items that they had in their basement just couldn't be put out where the general public could even see them or touch them because they were dangerous. And, and, and so I'm wondering now that, now that Ed's gone and that Lorraine is, is not well, um, what's going to happen to all of those things? Well, I think, um, that the son-in-law, Tony, uh, is it Spera? I think his last name is Spera. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he has taken over and as well as John Zaffis, who is their, um, she's, what is John? I think John Zaffis might be their nephew. Um, he's of course the haunted collector on television. And, um, so I think probably it will go into their hands. Now, when I was in, in the basement, the, Annabelle was in a glass case, mm-hmm. uh, clearly marked, do not touch. And of course, I was not going to touch it anyway, right? So, (laughs) but Lorraine Lorraine and Ed told a story about a local police officer that came down there. This is before Annabelle was in the glass case. And Ed got a phone call and he left this police officer down there and he told the guy not to touch anything. Well, the police officer picked up the doll. When Ed came back downstairs, the police officer was white as a ghost and he said he couldn't even tell Ed what had happened with the doll. He couldn't even get it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And unfortunately, um, something bad happened to him. And then another um, group of people were there. And the, um, one of the younger people, young man, um, made fun of the doll. The guy got, supposedly got killed on his motorcycle on the way home from there. So, I mean, there's all this, all these stories about the doll, you know, surrounding the doll. So, um, but yeah, that was um, definitely interesting items with all kinds of stories related. So interesting. Well, you know, you start out as a teenager, not really frightened by this stuff, you know, respecting it, but curious. And, most people in their teens would see stuff like that and and would sign up for a nunnery in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but seriously, you know, you, you have to have some sort of background past life stuff that that is not frightened by it but respects this kind of material because you're definitely drawn in that direction and and I I think that um one of the things that I, I admire so greatly about all of your writing, and I, I, I want to, um, you, you paint with words. And it, it takes a very special gift and talent to be able to put feeling and, and, um, messages into words and put them together. And you write, most of your books are poetry, though there is, I think, at least one or two books that are, that are stories. But, but, most of your books are, are prose, are poetry, and they come from really very deeply within you, and, and they have messages to them. And, and it's, it's, it's more that they are meant to wake something up in the people that read them as opposed to just have people enjoy them. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think any good writing will – it's actually not finished on the page. It's finished in the reader. Uh-huh. Um, it, you, and it, of course, it's that spark. It's that twinkle that, you know, ignites in you something. So I think good writing should do that. It should. I mean, it, it doesn't often do it, though. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> um, and, and so have you been writing poetry all of your life, or is this just something that has been the last – 10 or 15 years? Oh, no, it's been forever. I mean, um, I well, you know, let's face it. When I started out writing poetry when I was in high school, it wasn't very good. <laughs> well, 
Well, what? you know, it, it's, it's amazing. It doesn't have to be good so long as it does something inside of you. And if other people get something from it, too, that's just, you know, icing on the cupcake. Yeah, but, I mean, when I say it was sort of hallmarky, ah, card-like. And I soon realized after, you know, reading the greats like Anne Sexton and Sylvia Plath and, you know, uh, Conrad Aiken, who's my favorite writer of, or poet of all time, and um, Auden, um, after reading them and studying just the um, rhythmic, um, you know, way that – good poetry plays out uh and reads um that that stuff was just garbage that i had you know and i didn't write that you know badly for that long but i started to really you know get to know to study the craft of of writing good poetry and and just getting to know all these other good writers and um so you know, I changed a lot after that. So. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's, but, it's amazing though. You, you write what I call free verse. I don't know if there's another name for it, but it's, it's definitely poetry, but it's not the da 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 da. You know, it, 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 it's, it's almost like it's, it's, you're breathing in words. And, and it, it, you can almost catch, you, you can always catch the rhythm and, and the purpose to it. I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's far more profound than actually writing a paragraph. You know, if right. you, if you write a paragraph, you know, you got it all down there and ho- hopefully some people will be able to grasp what it is you're trying to say. But with poetry, you are you're you're touching the spirit, the soul, the rhythm of the other person's energy field, and so that they are they are beginning to flow with you and breathing with you as the words take take them through and experience as well as an intellectual stimulation. Right. Thank you, Barbara. Um, it's the distillation of spirit, I guess, is one mm-hmm. way to put it. Um, because you do have to be more concise, of course, with poetry, um, <clears throat> but. Yeah, I mean, I see, you know, let's face it, everybody writes poetry. Like I've, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to be arrogant about my own poetry, but I will say <laughs> everybody writes poetry and everyone thinks that, you know, their stuff is fantastic. And, but I mean, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound arrogant. I know that just probably did, but. <laughs> well, you know, everybody thinks they, well, no way. Um, I, I guess it's a matter of of what you define as poetry, right? And and uh, I know that I I am not able I have not been able to write poetry in my in my normal state of consciousness. However, channeling, I wrote poetry all over the place. That's what whispers of spiritual wisdom is. It's 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 free verse poetry that, that just sort of it it just sort of happened. And, right. and, and I get the feeling with most of yours that that's exactly what happens. The words flow onto the paper and you just put them down. I mean, every now and then you can see that there's a struggle to, to make something happen. 
that, mm-hmm. that you know, it, but, but for the most part, 99% of the time here, you're, it's just flowing. And, and I, I'm wondering, do these just sort of just, do you just sort of regurgitate them <laughs> or, or is there really thought and wisdom on them? Well, for instance, um, the other morning I woke up and um, I was upset. I was thinking about my dad in his last moments and how awful those last moments of his life were and how Mm -hmm. he looked. And it was just so, oh, God. Anyway, so I was upset. and, And this came into my mind at that time. And it was this. Um the alchemy of love is that it turns sorrow into gold. And I knew that came from him. Like, but I wrote it down and I said, I, I, that is perfect, isn't it? It's perfect. So I do. Yes. Like when you're speaking of channeling things or, you know, getting, cause a lot of times I'll write something and I'll say, I wrote this. I'll go back like, two months later and I'll say, Oh my God, I wrote this because it is almost like it's coming from elsewhere. It's coming from within me, but I mean, it's, you know, there's a story in Valentine's for the dead called going home. And um, it's about a young boy that is stuck in purgatory. Uh Uh, And um, I really feel like that whole story was channeled. Um, so, I mean, that does happen other times. Yes, I'm struggling. What word's going to go here? What, you know, does this sound hackish? Does this, you know, I mean, of course. <laughs> well, you know, I think, I think, um, your most recent book, uh, A Sensitive Soul's Guide to Waking Up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and I, I did mention in the beginning that, that I really do recommend it to people because it, it really is a sensible soul, sensitive soul's guide to waking up. And, and, it, you know, it, it goes into the different aspects of, of the quote unquote spiritual journey. You know, poor term. I, I used to, you know, words become so hackneyed so fast today that the, you know, the term light, light, light body or light worker or light whatever, um, used to be in a, a unique term, and now everybody uses it. And the term spiritual journey used to be a unique term, but now everybody uses it. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm searching for what to call the waking up. And, and the, to me, the waking up is, is a journey into self-awareness. You know, we, we're never fully aware or awake until we die. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a process we go through in in connecting to the spirit that is within us and the higher consciousness and the cosmic awareness that is out there. At least that's that would be my interpretation of what the title means. What you you clearly have a, a, a an idea as to what you meant by choosing this title. So, what was your intent? Well, the intent was that. Um, waking up, in my opinion, is being a citizen. I know this sounds kind of corny. Citizen of the world, not your world, but of the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, as you know from reading the book, I, I point out lots of things I think are silly, such as collecting material goods, so on and so forth, you know. Um, 
so, and I know everyone has the right to do what they want, but you know, you know what? My happiest moments are when I'm not thinking about myself. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're when I'm helping someone else or something, you know, outside of, of just me, you know? So I think, um, it would really benefit people if they did, you know, when, when they're depressed, go volunteer somewhere, go do something for someone else, get out of your own head. Uh-huh. And, you know, so, you know, and, and again, I mean, I don't want to appear to be like, Oh, I know everything and I'm going to tell you how to be. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but as you can also see in the book, there's, uh, you know, it's a slice of life many incidents that happened in my life that, um, you know, we all have these kind of things happen in our lives, of course, the downtimes and the tragedies and the sorrow and also magical things. Um, so I just wanted to point that out to people that maybe feel alone, uh, feel like they can't let go of the past, um, things like that, you know, like we don't need to hold on to that baggage. Our past does not define us. And let's just go ahead. Let's move ahead and love, you know. Yeah, well, and our past does provide the, the, the framework, the foundation for what we step on to get further and further and further along whatever pathway we happen to be on. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I think this book is really, really important too for, for those who have, um, um, championed a parent through the death process. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I, I did this with my mother, you did it with your mother and then your father. Um, and it, it's, it was for me, um, a catharsis to, hear your feelings because um it was stuff that I felt when I was I was working with my mother and and caring for her as she made her transition and lots of times there are things you think and then you want to beat yourself up because well that wasn't too nice to think that and and yet it's part of the process and and mm-hmm. so so it was it was it was an amazing experience for me to read it and and sort of be thrown back to that period of time in my life where I was I was there for my mother as she made her transition and you know it it's um and then again with my husband when he when he passed away I tell people I've I've actually killed two people in my life um <laughs> <laughs> and I had to unplug them both. So, you know, I, I have moments, I, I, I still do sit up sometimes in, in the middle of the night thinking, oh my God, was my mother really brain, brain dead when I unplugged her? And, um, and I was assured she was and everything, but, but, you know, there's that moment where you think, did I just say turn it off because I wanted it over with or was she really brain dead? And, and I, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've checked with a couple of other people that were there so that, and my sister, who's a nurse, was there too. So, you know, she just called me crazy when I called her and said, "Was mom really brain dead?" Before I told them they could turn her off, and she, my sister had words for me. Of course, it was three o'clock in the morning, which would explain why she was upset. <laughs> <laughs> These things don't cross right. your mind, you know, in the daylight. You know, it's it's, it's those moments at night when you're drifting off, and it's, oh my gosh. 
but but um it's part of life it's part of the process and and life I think one of the other things that, that was so prominent in your book, and, and, and again, it's, it's a good read. It's not a laborious read. It, it's a comforting read, but, but you go, you go through the process that, that, that also you can change your reality by your perception of it. Right. And that's your responsibility. It's not somebody else's. And, and, it's it's silly to complain about things when you have the power to change them. And I think that's something that so many people, they don't want to hear it. They want to hear poor you. <laughs> yes, they do. Unfortunately. And, right. Well, I mean, people, you know, they want to be given the answers. They don't want to seek the answers themselves. Um, and also, I wanted to impart with the book that, it is, you know, I mean, people, you can live and then there's, well, I call them the walking dead, really, um, is that people that are living, but they're not really living. They're not trusting. They've built walls around themselves. Um, they're not, they're just not trusting the universe or, or anything, you know, like spirit or love or, or anything that, that we can't see or touch. But it's important that we're here to live, you know, to really live and discover. And um, I just don't understand people that hide away and um, and don't want to, to interact. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There's a difference between surviving a lifetime or celebrating the lifetime and joining in the dance of the cosmic dance of creation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's. It is always your choice. And, and <clears throat> I had a woman that, that was here just the other day and she kept saying, well, I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that and I'm struggling. And, I, and you know, I talked with her and we talked through it. She said, is there anything happy here? And I said, tons of it. And I went through the whole thing and I gave her all the cool stuff that was there. And she said, when do I get that stuff? And I said, when you claim it. You know, it's nothing to do with me. It's, it's, you have a choice. You can be miserable and complain or you can have fun and enjoy this process. And I'm not saying that, that you're supposed to enjoy misery. Life does have ups and downs, but, but you have a choice as to how long it goes on. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes. You know, I mean, it, it's, I don't, I don't, you know, everybody goes through this kind of a process and, and it's, it's your, your personal choice as to how you're going to perceive what's going on. You lost a job. I say, congratulations. You get to move on to better things. You want to worry mm-hmm. about, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you know, go right ahead, but it's not going to help you. Let's, let's find your passions and see where you go next. So it's, right, it, right. it's, it's an exciting thing. You, you also, do so much charity work. I, you know, and, and I was not aware of all the charity work that you do. You want to share a little mm-hmm. bit about some of the stuff that you do? Cause it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, you know, um, it, it says in the book that, um, you know, I started to sponsor a child when I was 15 years old through Save the Children. Now, so that was whatever year that was. And, okay. Up until 
last month, I was sponsoring children all that time. Okay. So that's many years. And, um, I decided, you know, cause I mean, this is <laughs> people, you know, finding out the truth about different charities and whatnot. And I found out that in fact, save the children only gave 15% of what your donation is to the families or the villages. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that unacceptable. So I actually started my own, um, uh, fund for children. No one, l- let me just make this clear. I, so since 1995, I think it was, I started small world fund for children. And that is to help mothers and children. Uh, mothers without, you know, uh, you know, um, any money or, or women that have been abused, for instance. So I focus on women and children, children that, you know, might not be able to, you know, the, the mother can't afford to buy them Christmas presents, so on and so I've been doing this work and I take on about 35 families every year around the holidays and um, give them gifts. So... Um, but it's, I mean, what it is, is like when I'm out shopping or something and I see something, I gather this stuff all year long so that when the holidays come around, I've got a, a bunch of stuff waiting, um, to be put into packages for these, for these kids. And, um, but it's all anonymous. Like they never, the, 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 the places that I donate to through the, you know, the charity places that I donate through know who I am, but. I can never meet the people. Uh-huh. And so it's, it's all anonymous. Um, same with the women's shelter. There's a, um, there's a women's shelter here where I am and also a, um, oh, what is that organization called? I sponsor a table there that, that it's for, um, abused women shelter, something shelter. Anyways, um, so these are all people that never know where, where the stuff is coming from, but that's okay. You know, cause I said, what do I have to, you know, do, you know, do I have to take that glory of seeing the people and seeing the kids smile? And I get reports back from, from the lady who helps me with this one place. I get reports back about how the kids reacted and, and stuff like that. But anyway, so yeah, that's why I'm here. That is, you know, like, and I know people say, oh, your life's purpose, that's overrated. You don't really need a purpose. That is my purpose. My purpose is to help other people. So I'm, I'm thrilled that, you know, and I've always made that part of my prayers. Just give me the means to help other people, and I will. And I've done that. Thank God I've been able to do that. So Well, you, you've also, there is another, I wouldn't call it a charity, um, cause, cause. I'll call it a cause. You you have a website for the um, purple plates, and mm-hmm. um, I'd love to know how you got connected to the purple plates, and I'd love to um, to talk about them a little bit. Uh, they are based on Nikola Tesla's work. But, but, you know, he didn't actually invent them. Um, another man went to Tesla's notes and, and I can't pronounce his name, Bell something, Bella. It's Bergstresser. Bergstresser, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't have it in front of me and I wasn't going to try to, well, I did. Um, 
I was pretty sure I was going to not come up right, though. Um, but anyhow, he took Tesla's notes, and he, he had met with Tesla, and, and he was able to um, um, create the process that goes into the um, changing the molecular structure of the aluminum and putting this this cosmic energy into it, I guess is what you would call it. Right. Right. I mean, the easiest way to describe it is that. Yeah. How, and, did, you, so, how did you get involved with this? Okay. So um, I, you know, wrote for Fate Magazine. I'm sure you know what Fate Magazine is. Yeah. Um, and so I was writing an article on the purple plates after reading Linda Goodman's book, Star Signs. There's a chapter, there's a whole chapter on the purple energy plates in her book, Star Signs. So I ordered one and um, I wrote the article about purple plates for the magazine. And I knew because when I started to use it, I was so amazed at what it did for me that I said, I want to start selling these myself. So I did. I created the website. This is 16 and a half years ago. And um, I started selling the plates. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I tell people this story all the time. And all that time, because uh, I offer money back guarantee. If you're not happy, you're not satisfied, I'll give you your money back. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. In all that time, I've had three returns. Wow. That's hundreds of orders, okay? So the plates sell themselves. Um, if you go to the website purpleplates.com, you will see the many testimonials we have that are on the website. But there's many more that I get on a weekly basis that aren't on the site. But, and I don't try to talk people into buying one. I just ask, just try it. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to lose. So, um, they are amazing. Tesla, of course, was an amazing scientist. Um, Ralph Bergstresser was an amazing scientist on his own. And, um, Ralph, the creator, was actually very into, um, you know, the, the, and this is back in the 60s and 70s. That's when the plates were really created in 1974. Mm-hmm. And Ralph was very into UFOs, uh, very in, into the alien, um, you know, possibilities. And, um, and also into Saint Germain. That's why he made them purple because of mm-hmm. Saint Germain. And uh, he was a very spiritual, lovely soul. And I never got to meet him. I ended up, I was on a radio show one time and a woman called in who had been very, very good friends with Ralph. And we kind of hooked up and became very good friends. And she says, (laughs) she says that Ralph, she can't believe how I conduct the business because Ralph conducted it exactly the same way. He would give plates away for free if you couldn't afford one. I do that. I have a program that I will, if you cannot afford one, I will send you one. And I do that probably, eh, I probably give away maybe six a, a month or something. But um, it's important. People need this energy. And if you can't afford it, I want to help you if you can't afford it. So, okay, anyway. well, just, just um, the things that it's used for, are just amazing. I mean, I, I, 
you know, we're talking about these, and I have a feeling people are saying, well, what do you do with them? So I want to give us some of the uses, uses, because what happens is this energy is infused into the plates, and by osmosis, it, it, it transfers to whatever it's close to and touching. And, and the energy is a positive energy of love and of energy and all sorts of cool stuff. And this is a scientific process. This isn't, you know, somebody waving a wand over it or praying or anything like that. This is, this is an actual scientific process that charges these plates. And, and I mean, you, you can, um, Put it in the refrigerator and, and it, the food stays fresher longer. You can put it under house plants and they get better. You can, um, energize crystals with it. You can, uh, gosh. You get, you put, like I put all my food and water on it. Many people do. Um, it clears it. It actually restores the food, even if it's lousy food, which uh, most of the food we get in the grocery store is irradiated. Uh-huh. So um, I had this customer, he did a test where he brought the groceries home from the, from the store. He tested it with his radionic equipment and saw that the, you know, the radiation was part of the food. He put it on the plate, the food on a plate for about an hour and did the test again. There was no sign of the residue, the, the radiation, nothing. Um, so we can't, you know, I always say this, of course, I can't make medical claims, Barbara, you know that. Oh yeah. So, uh, but I, I will say I get an amazing amount of testimonials for people that have illnesses and people swear that the, these plates have really helped them and their pets. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, of course, a lot of us can't afford to buy strictly organic food. I put all my stuff on the plate. You know, I try to buy organic when I can afford it or whatever, but it's it all goes on a plate for at least an hour. Um what else? Uh, headaches, um, nervousness. Um, it actually helps you remember your dreams a, a lot better. And um, there's, it's like the, it really, you know, when it says expect a miracle, really mm-hmm. expect a miracle. I mean, well, it, they are miraculous. And I don't just say that because I sell them, you know. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that, that you know, I'm going to have to get a plate and try it because, um the the thing that that really you, you know how something kind of you know sits out at you and 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 vibrates and says try this try this try this um i when i was reading through the material it said you know sitting your glass of water on it before you drink it um helps to energize you to give you greater energy just from drinking water and yeah. uh that to me was okay i I could use that. I, you know, I, I go to caffeine, but if I can sit something on a purple plate and get the energy from it, I'd rather do that. Right. And what I do is I put a gallon of water overnight on a large plate. Now that makes the water what you would call living water. So mm-hmm. it's got that energy in it. It's got, you know, the vibration of, you know, the plate in the water. It's like that's, and as far as we can tell, Excuse me. The plates have been in existence since 1974. There's still people that got plates back then and are still using them with success. So as far as we can tell, the, the energy stays indefinitely in the plate. 
Yeah, it just it it feels to me as though now Tesla was was a little strange. Um, he was unique. He was germaphobic, and and he actually you know talk about being ahead of your time. He wanted to give this energy away. He wanted to you know he was dealing with all sorts of different kinds of energy, and his 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 thought his philosophy was. To, to develop something that would, um, you know, he, he developed the alternating current and, and when it was between him and Edison, uh, JP Morgan said to Tesla, where do you put the, uh, the meter? And Tesla said, there is no meter. You're just using free energy out there and you're giving it away. And that's why Edison, you know, got the contract, got the, the whole thing because he gave him a meter so he could charge for it. And um, this this energy that he's talking to is is to my mind what I equate with cosmic energy that's constantly around us, and it's a matter of etheric energy. And and you know if you tap into it, if you utilize it, it can it can enhance you tremendously. And and if you ignore it, it's just going to float out there. You know, it's not going to hurt you, but it's not going to help you as much. And um, so. So Tesla had over 700 patents when he died. I mean, he was yeah. he was definitely not a slouch. But um, the lumen lumen lumine, luminiferous Lumin- ether. <laughs> yes, luminiferous. I know it's hard to say. <laughs> etheric energy. Etheric energy. I'm going to go with etheric energy because that's that's a lot easier to say. But but it it just you know we're coming to a time frame where there are so many alternative ways to to live your life and and to enhance your health or not. And mm-hmm. there are so many options out there these days. And I mean your your website www.purpleplates.com um, is is amazing. I mean, there are you know you can you can get a small one for your change purse to attract money. Now that that appeals to me. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I even I have money plants in my garden. Now they're weeds, but they have a pretty flower, and I figure you know they're the ones that, that the um, when the flower is gone, the um, the seed pod is is like a a, a coin. It's that uh, paper, like it's a coin. They call it the money uh-huh. plants. And um, but it's a weed. Uh, anything that that can enhance the flow, I'm all for. I've got my my um, feng shui frog with a coin in its mouth looking at the door, and I pat it every time I go out. Like you know, don't let me down. <laughs> and well, you know, it's 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 if you if you are looking towards the fact that abundance is coming your way, not looking at oh, I hope it comes my way. Just you know. Don't make it so much that I can't carry it all home. And, um, you know, I, I think that if you expect it, truly, if you expect it, it does flow your way at some point. Does it, The universe doesn't, doesn't uh, it's not an immediate reaction. It, it usually, sometimes it takes days, months, years. But, but it does, if you are consistent with, with your focus, it does help to manifest everything. So it is a cool thing. So... So you, you've been working with the Purple Plates for a long time, and um, the website is phenomenal. You've got a ton of amazing stuff on it. 
and it's just you know another branch in in to the directions that you've gone and i i am so amazed i want to get back to the poetry because i think it is just it is beautiful poetry there you have some poems in um in your your latest book but but most of your other books are really poetry you know just just the poetry and and you know i, I it chronicles your journey and and it's amazing. You, I think, are there seven books out there? I, I read someplace. Um, yeah, I think there's actually nine, but some of those were the first ones I put out, and those are simply chat books. So, but they're still, you know, books. So, is is this how how you chronicle your journey? Is this how you sort of are able to determine where you are on your pathway? Yes, actually, that's a really good point, Barbara. Um, I was saying, and I think you might have said this the other day when we were talking, um, that if people don't know anything about you, they start to make up things. Did you mm-hmm. say that to me? Yeah. Okay. So I thought that, you know, and, and you're absolutely correct about that. So I said, I really, I mean, everyone knows everything about me. Almost, every, yeah, no, they know everything about me. <laughs> I said, I am an open book, and then I joke and I say that no one wants to read. But, <laughs> but I have, I have really, um, yes, chronicled my life through my writing. Indeed, I have. And, um, I don't know, you know, sometimes, Barbara, do you feel like you're just standing still, that you're not getting anything done? Do you ever feel that way? Oh, with five planets in retrograde, yeah, pretty much the last couple of weeks. (laughs) Right. But, I mean, in your life, like, you know, I mean, you're you're very experienced in a lot of different avenues yourself, you know. And, you know, your ex-husband, Patrick, who was a big UFO expert and all that, what would you say um, was, you know, maybe – one of the most important lessons that you learned in life. What would, you know, just, just out of curiosity, what, how would you answer that? That, that even when I think I know it all, I don't. And there's so much more to learn that, that um, this is a constant growth process that if I'm not learning, I'm not growing. And if I'm not growing, there's no point to being here. Mm-hmm. All right, um, that's excellent. Sorry, yeah. You know, it's it's. Uh, I I think that that the, the lessons continue to evolve, actually. And I found that that those things that were painful, I you know, when I go return back to them, it just means to me that that if I'm drawn back to them, not repeating them, but taking a look at them, because I'm really, really big on let's not repeat that one again. Um, that that if I keep being drawn back to them to look at the process, that I haven't really found what the positive point was to that journey. And every every lesson, every every uh, stumbling block that we come up against, has a positive in it. And and it's for us to find that positive and hang on to it and incorporate it into the the wealth of material that we carry forward in time. And Nothing is just, well, that was just crap. You know, it, it's, there's, there's always, you know, let's face it, 
Um, geez, there's no good word for Wait, I, I, I want to say something, but I don't want to swear. Um, even in manure, it does become good for growing plants. So, so it's not, it's not something that you want to, you know, ignore. It does, it does nourish plants so that, so that, you know, so even the crap in your life does, does have a very positive input on, on how you develop your character and your wisdom and how you then go forward in time and embrace the rest of reality. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I'm pretty sure we're on the same page about what is reality. Um, <laughs> did you ever, Barbara, did you ever see, I saw on PBS one time a documentary about Eugene O'Neill. Of course, he wrote that book, The Iceman Cometh. Mm-hmm. And there was a segment on that documentary where he talks about and I, I think it might even be in the Iceman Cometh, but no, no, no. He was um, uh, commenting on his own life, and he said, you know, there's there's this fog of illusion over all of our lives, and you know, and trying to be human and live among these, you know, illusions that. You know, so I mean, somehow, like when I think of that, I I feel very small. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you kind of feel a little powerless, and I don't know, like what what is reality? You know, I know this is a big question, but, <laughs> yeah. but um, I mean, it's just like what you know. I mean, different. You know, the thing with different timelines and what is our reality here. Uh, and what is the what is the truth? I guess maybe that's what it is. What what you think your truth is, or what you know to be your truth, that's reality. Yeah, so and, and it's different for everybody because we're all in different places. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there isn't, you know, there isn't. Well, well, if you want to look at the cosmic laws, there's the law of one, and that 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 basically says that there was one single origin for all of creation but when you come down to the the individual spirits that are scattered all over the galaxy we're all in different places in our own growth in our own growth and it isn't that some are ahead of others we're just working on different aspects of things because in my opinion we all carry a master spirit within us and that master spirit is gathering stuff to create greater facets for the illumination of the light that we carry within. And the mm-hmm. ultimate goal is to evolve into um, that singular consciousness that then can scatter seeds throughout another universe and uh, send out seeds to, to gather information to then create their own universes as they go forward in time. That's my picture of how the spiritual stuff goes. Um, I, I don't really, um, I don't, I, I no longer am attached to any particular religion, though I, I love to go to church and sing um, because I don't sing well and it's the only place I can go where I can actually sing and they don't stop me. Um <laughs> You know, you figure you're going to put something in the collection plate, so you know, let it rip. Um, so, 
So, uh, you know, the aspect of religion is restrictive. Yet, yet, I still, you know, I have, I have, you know, little bits and pieces here of different religions that I, I feel are, are wonderful to practice and, 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 uh, celebrate. I love Christmas, you know, I'm not going to let go of Christmas. But, but, you know, there are, you know, there, I, I do believe that we grow to, we come to a point in time where we grow beyond the structure and into, um, the vastness of the universe and the vastness of the universe doesn't, you know, uh, somebody I, I interviewed quite a while ago said, you know, you have to face it ultimately that, that God is not a Christian. Right. So, so that's where I go as far as that stuff goes. And, and it, it, um, it, it feels to me as though reality is in perception. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time was Interstellar. And, um, did you see that movie? No, um, I've been meaning to watch it though after you told me about it. But no, I never saw it. And it does, it, it, it basically is, is, um, uh, what, one of the messages, there are lots of them, and I have, I've only watched the movie three or four times, so I, I, I'm sure there are lots of messages I haven't gotten. But basically, you know, when we talk about them out there, the, um, you know, who, what do you want to call them? Extraterrestrials or gods or what, whatever, that they are etheric and have no bodies and therefore cannot in any way influence the physicality that, that we are, that we have right in the here and now and and we are etheric bodies like they um in between lifetimes and stuff like that but but in order for them to um give us messages or share information with us you know they they, they have to um they have to to go through a different process of communication and you know they can't pick up the phone and say hey you're crazy so um you know and and interstellar is is you know an amazing movie because it it in many ways you know they create a matrix in order to try to give us information about where we are as a species going it's a cool movie mm that sounds cool and and the coolest part is that that ah We'll be back in five minutes and I'll tell everybody what the coolest bit is. the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation. 
the survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. Over 3 gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a megavirus or computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records? Addresses? phone numbers we'll squeeze on over to freedomslips.com yes that's www.freedomslips.com click the banner on the homepage for the emp proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer so folks keep your data safe for your peace of mind revolution radio freedomslips.com you don't need to expect us we're already here gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. On the go? Still want to listen? Don't have one of those fancy phones with too many buttons. Don't know what an app is? Or you don't even care? Well, we got you here at Revolution Radio. Now you can dial in 24-7 to listen to our shows. We have a number for Studio A and Studio B. And best of all, it's free. Don't forget, carrier charges for your cell phone provider may apply, though. So check with your cell provider to make sure. So ready? Here you go. Get a pen. Here's the number. Studio A is 712 712- 432-6958 and Studio B is 716-748-0112. Thank you very much for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station in the world. to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a simple majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case of more... Be quiet. I order you to be quiet. Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. It's just a flesh wound. I don't believe I haven't seen such a display of courage, skill, nerve, grace, and stupidity. Order you for that what? Come here! What are you gonna do? Bleed on me? I'm invincible! You're a loony! The Black Knight always triumphs! Roundtable Live, Monday through Friday, 1 a.m. till 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Bring your mind, bring your ideas, bring your voice. King Arthur had nothing on us. Here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listeners-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. 
This is Nightlight, and I'm Barb DeLong. Thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Please help endorse our efforts and airtime by visiting the station's support page and make marketing a donation. And making a donation. Pardon me, I can't read my own handwriting. From station owner to all levels of management, the entire production crew, and every host, we all work without compensation of any kind, except, of course, for the joy of being a part of a very unique and special station, one that supports a true sense of freedom. Any donation, even a small one, is greatly appreciated and keeps freedom ever-present out there for those who seek independent thought and new paradigms and philosophies. So, I was going to tell you what the best part of it was. <laughs> um, right. The one of the, the the places in it where I sat up and I went, aha, was that we are them. And and in other words, there there may be multiple timelines, there may be multiple dimensions and multiple realities, but those that were etheric bodies are really us and and a term that Patrick often used, I don't know where he got it from, but I I mean you know, I'm not going to give him credit for it because I'm pretty sure he didn't invent it, but he did. He did repeat it often was that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I think that, that, and I'm going to go back to your poetry because, um, <clears throat> I think, I, I truly believe that every individual has at least one, but probably many, uh, passions, gifts, talents, whatever you want to call it, um, ways of, of not only digging into themselves, but, but also sharing, uh, universal wisdoms and ancient, ancient thoughts and, and philosophies with other people. And certainly one way in which you do that is through your poetry. So, while it is enjoyable and 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 beautiful, um, and dark here and there a little bit, but but not really. Um, I I truly believe that 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 you are as well a teacher, in that you are sharing your own journey and helping other people to recognize that that um, there are lessons to learn and there are mysteries to discover and there are ways to celebrate the wisdoms that you discover within the darkness. And, you know, the darkness doesn't have to be bad. The darkness can, can in many ways, be comforting. And, um, I, I'm, I, you know, somebody, in a couple of places I heard somebody, I wrote, someone wrote that, that it was dark poetry, and I don't think it is, actually. I think that it's, it's a revelation of insight poetry and and the fact that quite often difficult things happen but we come through it and and we find beauty within and when we find the beauty within then there's a celebration of light so it's a passage for you in many ways and and your poetry um is do you happen to 
I mean, there are a couple of them here that, that, you know, the lullaby is, is one that was, that was beautiful. And, um, do you have a copy or do you remember it? <laughs> um, wh- which book was it? I'm not sure. Um, well, I can, I can read it probably not as well as you did, but, um, I think it was from Valentine. Angel lay on your side with your hands beneath your head to keep from the cold stone how often this fire of life leaves a cold prairie. Lay angel and let your heart find rhythm where once there was only discord. Your wings now are half broken. And truth is a lonesome lullaby in this song without words. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I wish, I, yeah. I wish my poetry was like this, but I, I will say that every now and then I write material and I go back and read it and it's like, that's good stuff. You know? Right, right. But, but it, it, it speaks so deeply. Um, yeah. That's what always surprises people when they meet me because they're like, I'm a cackling fool, you know, in person. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you wrote this poetry. It like it seems like you're totally somebody else when you're writing, you know. And I, I it's it's kind of funny, but um, anyways, yeah, it, it's pretty deep, I guess, for most people, you know. Well, it it is, but you know, everybody gets something from their own level of of consciousness, and and that's that's what I think is so profound here. I mean, you have had. As, as most people, um, I find who are in the paranormal, metaphysical slash whatever spiritual journey field, um, I, I, I tell people sometimes I, I, I have been described as a, as a Pollyanna, you know, I always find good, I always find positive and let's rip with it. But, but, um, but if, if it came down to it, if, if it was a matter of, you know, let's put our, our miserable stuff on the table. I, you know, I come out pretty high on the, on the, you know, you're almost a winner here list. I mean, <laughs> everyone has that kind of stuff in their life. Everyone that, but that's what we grow through. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think the, 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 the stuff that you write about, um, is, is just, and you wrote one about the Virgin Mary that I thought was beautiful too. Yeah, I love Mary. Um, I know I sound like, cause if you were to see my apartment or my condo here and the walls, I mean, they're covered in religious paintings. And like you, I'm not, um, I don't have an allegiance to any particular religion. But I do love the whole Virgin Mary, Jesus, all the saints and, and all that. Um, but yeah, you would, if, like I said, if you were to see the room I'm in now, you would kind of like laugh, um, or maybe giggle, but <laughs> anyways, but yeah, I love that. Um, I, yeah, I don't remember. There's, there's quite a few poems about the Virgin Mary, so I'm not sure. Um, the one I've got here is the Virgin Mary Speaks. Oh, yes. The folds of her robe, fluent statuary, say, I come only once to be discovered. You have met me dancing beneath a spring moon, the girl in white linen who would not look you in the eye. 
And that's from the woman at the funeral. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do, you know, like, I, you know, I know it sounds so arrogant, but I, I, I'm so happy with my poems. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's as it should be. They're like your children. And, they and are. They, are. they, they, um, they resonate with you and, and, they speak of your journey, and and I think one of the major, big, huge lessons that that you and your experience and your body of work that continues um, is that that everyone has a portal, a modality, a way of expressing themselves. And for some, it's writing, and for others, it's gardening, and for others, it's um, painting. And I mean, every and everyone has a way of of letting their spirit speak to them. And and sometimes it's it's not, you know, um, something that's written. Sometimes it's it's how do you arrange your garden. Sometimes it's um, you know, and especially with guys, it's hard to it's hard to sort of say to them, you know, you're you, to be creative and to express yourself through your creativity allows your spirit to speak to you. And um, you know, there there are so many ways. Sometimes it's just organization. Sometimes it's just sitting in silence. Sometimes sometimes it's listening to be really listening to people, and and that is a creative gift. That is a way in which you know, you can, you can open yourself to what spirit has to share. And, and having a creative gift talent like this means that, that, that portal is open. So inspiration can come and that changes your life. Right, right. And, you know, you, you've done amazing things and I'm sure will continue to. I, I, I love the fact that you are, you allow yourself to flow with whatever comes your way. And, you know, we haven't even touched on the fact that, you know, the paranormal is a love of yours and, and, you know, haunted, haunted buildings. And why do you seek out the haunted places? That's a kind of cool thing. I don't know. Um, well, like I said earlier, when, you know, I've, I've always been into this stuff since I was little and, um, and it's it's funny because you know one of my favorite expressions is we don't see the world how it truly is we see the world as we truly are and so when i look at something like i'll you know say there's a log by the side of the road and it's kind of like square a little bit and i'll i'll see a coffin there <laughs> But somebody else will see just a log or, you know, whatever. Um, but I've always viewed things through that kind of macabre lens. I don't, I don't know why. I just, I don't know. I just love it, you know? (laughs) Okay. I got a weird question. Um, how do you perceive death? Um, well, I, of course, I believe that there's, you know, that we go on. Our energy never dies. And, um, I, you know, I, I think, you know, I've been studying uh, Swedenborg recently, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Emanuel uh, Swedenborg, but. Yeah. Um, okay. So he, he was amazing on his own, I have to say. Um, but so he talks about life after and what it's like there and how we all have jobs and, 
you know, we're all like lending toward the greater good of the, the whole universe and this type of thing. And, um, so I see, I kind of, you know, do subscribe to his ideas of, of heaven or whatever you would like to call it. And Barbara, did you ever read, um, what dreams may come by Richard Matheson? Yes. Saw the movie too. Yeah. I never saw the movie, but I read that book. But so Richard Matheson, little did I know, based that whole book on Swedenborg's teachings. Ah. Which I thought found so interesting, you know, because that was, uh, a, that book for me when I read it, when it came out in the eighties, I think it came out in the eighties. That's when I read it. Um, it might have come out maybe at the end of the seventies. Um, but reading that book really was so inspirational to me, as well as Oscar Wilde's, um, picture of Dorian Gray, which also deals with that whole, you know, uh, life after death kind of, or, you know, soul, you know, selling your soul to the devil type thing. But so I believe that when we cross over or change frequencies or whatever you want to term it, when we pass from this body, um, that we will encounter what, how we see the afterlife. That, that will be our thing. Just like in What Dreams May Come, his, the, you know, the main character's wife kills herself and she's in a house that is, um, it's her house that as it was on earth, but it's dirty, it's mm-hmm. dingy and it's filled with spiders. That was her worst, you know, so that's all her guilt and whatever else coloring her new world. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that's what happens with us too. It's like where, like, like Swedenborg says, there is a hell of sorts, but it, it's not hell for the people that are there. It's what they want. They want the competition. They still like material things, you know, and, but that's the most comfortable place for them. Swedenborg also was the one who said, when we pass over, we all go directly to the top of uh, source the top to the top source of spirit but there's so few people there because not a lot of people are comfortable in that spot so Mm -hmm. we trickle down to the other levels like i I imagine i don't know how much i'll trickle down to the other levels but i just i don't want to just be a i don't i just don't want to be at the top (laughs) (laughs) it sounds a little boring but anyway But Swedenborg also said that, you know, among the jobs that we have over there are, um, you know, like taking care of babies that have died, for instance, that would be one of the things. Another one is like in What Dreams May Come, going into that hell and getting people out of there. So I I did a show recently with Jennifer, um, Jennifer's Journey, and she said, I don't want that job going into hell and trying to get, and I said, you know, I don't want that job either. Wait a minute. I've done that my whole life. (laughs) I've had had that job half of my life. (laughs) But, you know, one thing that I have really, you know, not discovered, but come to know as an absolute truth is that we cannot drag people to the place they're not ready to be. And it took me a long time. 
to learn that. Yeah, that, that, that's that's something that I think everybody kind of struggles with all the time because, of course, who are you to say or who am I to say where somebody should be? I mean, that's rather arrogant. Uh, everybody's where they, they they need to be for, for whatever reason. And, and to try to make them into something that you feel that they should be, um, you know, is, is again, arrogant. I, I, I often... Um, you know, sometimes as a sensitive or as an intuitive or whatever, whatever the heck, I, I, I hate the term psychic, but, you know, that's the catchword that's out there the most. So, but, but, you know, you can see the potential a person has within them, but you don't know whether they're meant to actually achieve it this lifetime. Right, right. But, of course, the, well, there are those that we try to save, you know, like as you read in the book, uh-huh. and we just cannot. And, um, but that's, you know, I mean, is it is it my lesson in this life? Or it was it my mother's lesson? Was it my lesson? It was probably both our lessons. Probably. For whatever reason, this experience, you know, happened because whatever. I don't, like you said, we won't know until we're actually the spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. You, it, it, I think it was with your mother. You struggled with a soul contract. Mm-hmm. And and well, um, that's that's something that I think all of us struggle with from time to time. Yeah. So you do believe in soul contracts? Um, I, I, I'm not quite sure. It's quite that simple, but but I, I do feel that that. Sometimes the only thing that explains some situations is that there's something to be resolved between the two people. And I don't know if it's a contract or just a resolution of some sort of um, event that happened, you know, uh, on that journey through time. Um, I I know personally in my own life, um, I, I think that, uh, I had things that I had to work out with my mother. I stayed with her the last 30 years of her life. The last 10 of them, I was with her 24-7, literally sleeping on the floor and in the living room so I could be close to her. And I would say that, that in the beginning of this whole process, um, I loved her, but, but I, I didn't, I, to me, she was a cold person. And by the end of the journey, um, I realized that, that, that she was a spectacular person and, and that I loved her and that she was a friend. So right. Right. had I not had that experience, I wouldn't have come to that conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes people are compelled to do things that they just don't want to do. And, and usually in retrospect, once the, 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 whatever it is, the job or whatever is done, if, if you really reflect back on it, you can see that there was a positive reason. There was a learning situation that was so valuable. It was amazing. And to me, that had to be, you know, something that I had requested to, to experience. And, and so often, you know, there have been times in my life when I sat back and I thought, what was I thinking? Did I really want to set all this up? Was I nuts? Was I drunk? Was I on drugs? What, what possessed me to check all the boxes? Um, yeah. 
see, my theory is, and it's it's very it's it's um um I I make it simple because it's easier for me to talk about. But when when we are ready to come back and and reincarnate into this school, the Earth plane, to take physical form and and grow and learn. I think we go, we, we sit down with, I don't know, a reincarnation counselor and, and they give us a slip of paper that has all these things that we could work on if we wanted to. And, and I, I think that sometimes I have been over there too long and I look at the list and say, well, why don't we just do it all? <laughs> and, I, I, you know, and, and, and then you get down here and you think, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, you know, you, Pick a few of them and then work hard on them and, and cruise for the rest of the lifetime. But there are there are moments when you sit there and you think, I I must have been on drugs when I chose all of this stuff because this is ridiculous. And and you know you you have to laugh at some of the situations that you put yourself in and you know that there's a reason and that you're growing and that you're learning and that. That spiritually speaking, this is important that you experience it. But every now and then, I just sort of look around and say, "You guys must be out playing golf because this is stupid. I don't need to do this again. I've already done it, you know, hundreds of times." You know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, are we on the same page? You know, are you really assigned to me, or are you just playing around? Is this take take the kid to work and let the kid do the job? I mean. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, I, I think that the evolutionary process is fascinating. I don't understand it all. And and I suppose, you know, when we cross over to the other side, there's a handbook, and, and we'll read the handbook and go, oh, that's why we did that. But um, there are moments here where I see no sense or reason to any of it. Right, then, me neither. Yeah, then what's the point of being here? I mean, it's it's really cool, though. Um the older I get, the more fun I have, which is really, which is really the neatest thing. You know, I, I see things connect faster now than I did when I was young. Well, I wasn't looking when I was younger. I have to be honest, but I mean, you've been on your pathway here since you were in your teens. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm sure you didn't initially think of, of it as, oh, this is a spiritual pathway. This is a, a pathway to self-awareness. It was like, this is cool. Let me, let me experience this and have fun with it. Yes, I did. I mean, and, I, well, I, mean, I was just like a, a freaky girl. You know what I mean? Like, like it wasn't even the era of Woodstock, but I would wear bell bottoms and paint my nails black. And I was just weird, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you still are Kareen. <laughs> I not really. Well, who am I kidding, Barbara? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're not. You don't hide it that well. Um, but the, but the, I, I like that. You know, you are a free spirit. You certainly, you know, would have done well in the hippie environment. But but you were a little late for that. But uh, but but I, I think the excitement here is that you have been comfortable enough with yourself so that when something called to you, you answered it. You didn't say, oh, that's silly and that's dumb and I don't want to play with that. You've investigated it. You've opened yourself up to what what strange and unusual things have to offer, and you've grown from them, obviously. And um, I think that, that, that it's amazing. And, 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 you know, along with all of this wonderful spiritual stuff, you also write horror stuff. 
which I think is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and it's really not the slash slasher horror. That, I can't stand that. I like psychological horror, which, I mean, let's look at the Bible, for instance. Well, you know, I know <laughs> it's a man written, but that's a great horror story. There's a lot of good horror stories in the Bible. Especially um, the, the Old Testament, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, I like that psychological horror because it is life. I mean, l- let's face it, you know, uh, most of, not most of life, but a lot of life is, are these, these dark scenes of, you know, God, I can't believe this is happening. What the hell? Am I going to wake up or what? Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, I, as we were just talking about, um, what were we just talking about before this? I can't remember, but I came upon this poem that kind of um, speaks to what we were just talking about. And I'm just going to read it, if you don't mind. It's a very quick poem. Oh, sure. And it's called As If the Angels. As if the angels were listening when we least suspected they would spy on us. As if God did not have a sense of humor or be given to mood swings. I do not live in the beehive. I am the beehive, buzzing in circles, twirling about the layout in search of sweetness, but also in a shadowed knowing that no matter what I would find, it was all the same. In the womb of life here, we may drown, and our drowning no less a statement than coming up for air or toiling to survive the river which rushes against us. The dragonfly, our universal mother, with wings veined like fine leaves, alights in all of our lives with a message. You must fly. You must rise above the cages of humanity, though you are among the swamplands, and below is a tangle of black you cannot fathom. You must fly. That's it. That's yeah. cool poem. I think that's, that really speaks to, you know, I mean, the, none of us knows what the hell we're really doing. <laughs> <laughs> I should speak for myself, I guess. But, I mean, it's just, you know, uh, anyways. Well, if we knew what the purpose of a lifetime is, what would the purpose be? I mean, what's well, the as point? A- you know, if you know, if you know where you're going, the journey is senseless. True, true. So, That's a very so, good- so you know, it, it's it's um, somebody somebody once said to me, and and this this goes back a long time. Scary, you know, when you when you're over seventy. And, and you say it goes back a long time. You can even be talking half a century. Anyhow, somebody once said to me, what, um, what do your followers think of what's happening in your life now with what, whatever was going on? And I said, any idiot who follows me is crazy because I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> right. And it's, it's true. I, I go with the flow as best I can. Every now and then I try to direct the flow because I think something else would be more fun. But for the most part, I, I wait to be called. And, and that way, because I'm always afraid that, that if I, if, if I try to determine where I'm supposed to be, 
my ego is going to be in there and I'm going to screw up. So mm-hmm. I literally wait for the call. And, and sometimes, um, sometimes the phone doesn't ring for a long time. <laughs> but, 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 and, 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 you know, I, I sincerely mean that. It, it's sort of like, um, I got a call the other day and the Chamber of Commerce asked me to join. And I said, are you aware of what I do? And they said, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, they said, the woman said, yes, yeah, we've seen your website, we've listened to your radio show, we know what you do, and, and we would like you to join. And I said, how many other practitioners do you have? And she said, oh, you'll be our first. And <laughs> I said, you've got to, I checked it out. I thought it was a, I thought it was a crank call. Um, turns out it wasn't, but you know, the call came, I did not seek it out, so I joined. Good, good. Had I made up my mind that I should join the Chamber of Commerce, that would have not been a smart thing to do. But since they called me, and 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 it was you know legal, um, you know I, I I did it. And and it's sort of like I have found that when you wait for the call, when you wait for the portal to open, then then everything happens easily for you. And and you know people will say, well, life isn't always like that, but but yes, it is. You know, you have a career, you have a job, you whatever, but, but, but when I'm talking about your creative, passionate side, it will always open you to the new, the new adventure. It will always open you up to a new way of expressing yourself and learning about the beauty that you carry within. And, and sometimes you, you have to go, you have to dig deep and sometimes you have to go into places inside of yourself that you don't really like. But the journey is always worthwhile. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I think I, one of the things that, that I hear very, very often is because I tell people you have work to do on yourself. And they say, well, what should I do? Because I'm perfect. And <laughs> you know, I kind of work on that attitude just a little bit. But, but, but when you tell people they need still to work on themselves, everybody always needs to continually work on themselves. Nobody is perfect. If you were perfect, you would not be here. And, right. and, and, and the journey that we're on is one of self-awareness. And, and part of it is understanding what's going on inside of you and how you are dealing and interacting not only with yourself, but with other people. And, you know, there are areas that everybody knows where they have issues. Everybody knows that. You don't need a psychic to tell you it. Everybody knows where they need to work. And and many people choose to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the people that, that come to psychics all the time. <laughs> right, right. But, um, I, I, I mean, it, it's, it's sort of like, you know, I, can, I could enumerate, but I'm not going to bore everybody with the list of things that I need to work on this lifetime. I know them. I know what they are. I, I pick and choose. I, I avoid several. I, I Actually, every now and then, I think about a year, now I'm 72, so two years ago, I declared that I was no longer paying any more karmic debt. I told the universe to roll it over to the next lifetime. I'll never know what hit me then. And, you know, I'll just cruise for the last 30 or 40 years that I've got here. Right. 
I'm done. I'm finished. And that's it. Don't throw any more karmic debt at me because I, w- I refuse to pay it. Right. <laughs> what are they going to do? Foreclose? Right. Um, so, so it, it's, it's, I think it's fair. I did 70 years of paying off karmic debt. You know, and if there's any more out there, and there probably is, it can just roll over to the next life. Like I said, um, I won't know what hit me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, you know, it's true. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not so keen on karma actually hitting us at the time, you know, because, like, I, I probably said this to you before, because what about the Bush family? Why are they still around walking and they're they're fine. I mean, if karma really worked that quickly, mm-hmm. they. <laughs> it I don't doesn't. Know yeah, but it doesn't work that quickly. That's the thing. Right. Right. I mean, you know, uh, sometimes the only thing you can do is is look at people that are getting away with literally murder, and and just just saying, okay, I know there's universal balance. I know it's out there, but of course, when you when you don't, but it isn't, it isn't just unto this one particular lifetime. It, it can stretch out for eons and often it does. And I know some, and, and you know that, that, that element of, of universal balance. Every now and then you see it in action. You see it in your life and, 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 and it validates the fact that it is there. Um, I had a friend whose father abused her when she was a baby. I mean, I mean, baby, baby. And she was sexually abused and it screwed her up for, um, the better part of her lifetime. And after many, many years of, of therapy, she decided that she would write her father a letter and just tell him off and tell him how mean he was and tell him what he'd done to her and tell him how he'd ruined her life and yada, yada, yada. And I said, you know, there is universal balance. And if you get out of the way, the universe um, takes care of it so much better than than we can. And and she just looked at me and I said, put the letter away for six months. And if at the end of six months you don't see a balance of some sort, mail it. Um, two months later, her father came down with testicle cancer. Yeah inoperable terminal they did try to operate messed him up terribly and so his end was not a pleasant one and you know she called me and said you know I couldn't have done that to him and I said no you just he probably wouldn't have even paid attention to the letter but but trust me you know his jewels were gone yeah. And his and his life was over. So so it's a matter of the balance is there. Getting even doesn't work, but but sitting back and watching the universe at work often does. And and we don't always see the balance, but enough of the time so that so that we know it's there. And and it's always so much better than we ever could have done ourselves. Oh yeah, definitely. But it, it's a struggle to um, just let things happen like that, Barbara, to, you know, because we do, you know, we do, you know, we get angry. We get, we feel like we've been, um, you know, taken advantage of, lied to, whatever the case may be, stolen from. And we, 
we, you know, I mean, it's only human to want to, you know, see some results like, and, and say, no, no, you, you did this. You, you must pay for it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could, we could look at politics and say, where the heck is karma? Where is that universal balance? <laughs> right, 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 right. But, but now it, it, it is, but the, I think that's one of the main lessons. I, I've learned a lot of main lessons, but that's one of the biggies for me that, that, um, if I get out of the way, if I don't try to, you know, be the, the avenging whatever, if I, and in, in my much, much younger days, I had a, a mouth on me that was just amazing. I could cut a people, I could cut a person to shreds in a heartbeat. <laughs> I was really good and, and, um, it, it, you know, it was, I didn't have a lot of friends and I didn't, I wondered why a lot. And, and looking back, I know why now, but, 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 you know, I could really lash someone good and, um, it, it got to the point where, where, you know, when I recognized what it was, I was able to moderate it a little. And, um, and, and, and I felt that, and, and in looking back at it, it was kind of like, if I, and then it got to the point where, you know, it was, I wasn't quite, quite the spirit, I wasn't as far along, well, I don't even know if I'm even further along now, but, but I figured out that, um, sometimes if you do the right thing for the wrong reason, it helps to count, it doesn't count as much, but it helps to count a little. And, and often it would be somebody would say something nasty or mean to me and I'd sit and I'd think, oh, that's too easy. I'm not going to be challenged by that. I can, you know, I, I can top that in a heartbeat. So, you know, and so I would say that I haven't really ripped anybody to pieces in, in at least 25 years because, you know, now I know that if I do, I'll pay. It's going to be me. I'm, I get in the way of the universe and, and my ego takes over and that's not wise, but, you know, there are, there are moments when, when you just, you, you have to come back and you swallow it because you know you'll pay. <laughs> right, right, right. And actually, I think I the, the only time, I shouldn't share it, but I will. Um, I, 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 I've been divorced twice and when I, when I was divorced from my first husband, I just, I never wanted to even be in the same state with him. But, um, my son, our son got married and I kind of had to, you know, they were worried I was going to say something bad. <coughs> and he was, he was remarried and, and his wife was real pushy and real this and real that. And I didn't like her, but, um, but I behaved myself and, and she just kept talking to me about how much he loved her and how wonderful he was and, and, you know, that wasn't what I experienced. But, um, and then she started talking about things that he said about me that w w weren't really nice. And she just, you know, kind of ruled it over me. And so by the time we got to the rehearsal dinner, I had just about had it. And, um, she, um, came up to me at one point and, and, and she admired a ring I had. Now it was, it, it was a CZ. It was not a real ring. It was big. It was pretty. And, and she admired it greatly. And, and I just 
listened to her gush and I looked at her and I said, but don't you have the mate to it? And she said, what? I said, <laughs> he had two stones. I was going to get the second one on our 10th anniversary, but we never made it that far. I just, I said, I just assumed you got the other one. And I said, I'm, I'm surprised because obviously you didn't from the size of the stone you've got on your hand. <laughs> and she said, what? And I said, yeah, they came down through the family. I really, and, you know, I, I had on a, maybe a two and a half carat stone. And she said, what? And I said, oh, guess he didn't give it to you. And I walked away. <laughs> it was worth it. I'll pay. I'll have to pay a couple of lives for it. But, but let me tell you, it was so worth it to see her not talk to him for two days. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> see, see, you can slip off the pathway real easy. <laughs> I know. I know. But you were just telling her the truth, though. You know what I mean? No, he didn't have to it. Two. I mean, you know, there were no, there were, it wasn't a real stone. It was the fake. Oh, okay. all right. <laughs> all right. That is a little wicked. <laughs> it felt so good. <laughs> we're human. We're human. But, but, you know, I think one of the, one of the, you know, to get back on topic here, um, you talked about how we become love. And that's true. We are expressions of love. And I think many people don't actually understand that or realize that. No, they don't, um, unfortunately. And that's why people, you know, it's funny. People are funny um, in that they want you to tell them who they are, but then when you tell them, they get mad at you. Yeah, and um, this this comes from from your latest book because um, I was so amazed with 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 the uh, the latest book because you know after reading your other poetry and everything to 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 come to the awakening of of a spirit and 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 you talk about love and you talk about compassion and you talk about so many beautiful things that 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 are present in your poetry, but they aren't as explicitly, you know, you, you don't talk outright about them. You have to search for them. And, and in the, the latest book, the one that you, that you wrote, you know, after your father died, it was, it was amazing how you, you just put it out there. And I think anybody who reads that book and then, and then reads the whole book because, because you really do give people stepping stones. You give people, um, places to look and, and, and I, I really think you put signposts up for people, which is really appropriate and, and, and it's beautifully done. Thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you. It really does. It was, it was kind of like, Oh my God, what happened to her? You know? yeah. <laughs> I ask myself that every day. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's amazing, and, and 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 a lot of the the books that you've got were were originally blogs, and that's something that that I think that that um, a lot of people you know should pay attention to that that you can you can put your your thoughts and your feelings and everything out there in blogs, and 
and at some point they take on a life of their own. It's it's a matter of letting the creative spirit flow through you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I think it's important to, you know, obviously, you know, from reading the book, I think it's important to, you know, not everyone's going to want to put all their, you know, dirty laundry out on the front lawn so everyone can see it. But I think it is important that, you know, that people do keep their own journals, even if they're not going to show it to anybody. But what is wrong? There's no crime in, you know, in, in being, you know, weak. There's no crime in any of this that I talk about. And, you know, and I think that's one of the things that maybe is changing a bit in the world. If it is, I hope it is, is that, we have to be honest, you know, we, we really do have to be honest with ourselves first and foremost and with the world. And I'm not saying, you know, like I said, don't, you know, not everyone's going to want to put all their stuff out there for the world to see, but um, we need to share our stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, and you, 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 you did hit on <clears throat> something that I think is really, really a cool and important thing. You talk about journaling in, um, in the book and I, and, and you talk about, you know, a lot of people and and it's not a dear diary type thing. And, and so I, you, you suggest to some people to do a gratitude journal. And, um, I, I give that as homework to people often as well, you know, just do a gratitude journal, um, write something you're grateful for and, and get it, get it in a journal and, and with me, I basically tell people, you know, and you can't repeat yourself. Right, right. So that, so that, you know, after a while, what happens is you get, you get done with the, the, you know, oh, it's a great sunset. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for spring. I'm grateful for this. You, you get, you get to the point where you get, you have to allow the spirit within to speak because you, you've run out of things. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> right. And that's when the magic happens. That's when, that's when, when you, when you think there's no more to say and, and you just sort of let go of the control, the spirit within will start to speak. And that's yeah. when, the, that's when the true magic happens. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And, and like people that are starting out just writing now, I mean, you know, you, you put out, so you should like, you know, if you, you want to be a writer or, you know, whatever you, you want to do your book or whatever, you write down everything that comes to mind. And then probably you're going to get a couple of pages of not much, but then it starts to unfold the stuff. Like you said, the spirit comes through, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I always, you know, I mean, everyone's, you know, most everyone is wanting to do a book and, and, and that's important because we do need to share the stories. There's a, a there's a little um, uh, story that I heard once about the some women in Africa. They would go to the well to get the water for the for the day, and they that's where they would talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, that's okay. where they would talk about um, their um, stories about their lives. And so a woman from the United States was there and. She said, and one of the women in Africa said, well, do you guys, you know, if you don't go to the well, how do you guys talk to each other? And we don't. 
Uh-huh. We don't share our stories enough, you know? <laughs> I thought that was a really cool story. Um, and, you know, we're so fortunate in this country, Barbara, as you know. I mean, we're just so fortunate in so many ways that if you can't see miracles left and right, you're really not looking, you know? Well, don't you think that so, technology has gotten in our way to a great degree? Um, yeah, I think it has. In some way, it's made things easier, but in other ways, it's canceled out, um, you know, uh, more uh, personalized things, of course. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that has really interrupted us? Well, I, I, to a degree when I see everybody texting, you know, and not looking or not talking or not, you know, and, and, you know, now today we've got computers and televisions in every room and people don't even talk at the dinner table anymore. Most people are texting and stuff like that. And the kind of conversation we've had for the last two hours, most people don't have. No. And that's where you learn. That's where you grow, I think. And, um, you know, they don't have conversations like this and they don't even have conversations like that with their loved ones. Like it amazes me when I hear like, oh, you know, my father died. He never, I never told him I loved him. He never told me. And it's like, you know, I would force the issue. I'm always like, you know, I, I have a big mouth, very big mouth, obviously. <laughs> and <laughs> But I mean, it, it, you know, I'm like, well, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you put that out there? Why wouldn't you say, hey, dad, let's sit down and talk, you know, why, well, or, or your sister or your brother or whoever, a loved one. I mean, I don't understand people keeping it all in, you know, cause that's not, that's not where it belongs. Um, there's a expression, don't die with your music inside you. It's a good one, but, but, you know, generationally. Um, past generations, they, they didn't communicate and, and now we communicate differently. And, and I, I think there is an art to speaking and sharing and, and commu- communicating. And, uh, I, I am grateful for radio because it does allow people to really listen to people talking and hopefully it challenges them or outrages them or makes them think so that they share the information or 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 whatever i i hope that that i i outrage people i hope that i put material out there that people have to go investigate to check me out and see if i'm right you know i mm-hmm. i enjoy doing that because the more people stretch and think because i don't think I don't think, at least at least the younger generation is even being taught to think anymore. Well, yeah, we're making sure of that, right? Yeah. Uh, before we before we go too much further, I I do want to thank you. I think I I think we're coming close to time here, and uh, I just I I want to reiterate uh, your website is www.purpleplates.com and your website is www.kareendewinter.com? Yes, that's right. Okay, and, and I'm barbaradelong.com with the WW in front. Um, <clears throat> I want to thank you so much because um, 
you know, this has been such a joy for me to be able to talk to you about all of the stuff you do. I, I usually just see you in, in the chat room at Curious Times, and I don't get a chance to really hash things out with you. Right, right. Oh, I, I am so um, honored that you asked me to be on. And, you know, like I said, it means a lot to me, Barbara, and because I really do respect you. I respect respect what you do and all the information that you put out for people and you do a goddamn good job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. You know, um, I don't think there's been a show that I've ever done that I didn't learn a lot from. And I certainly learned a lot from this one. Um, Just, just putting the notes together for it. Um, And, and, and this is another thing, Uh, the Nicholas Tesla material. I'm going to have to, I, I, bought a couple of books on Nikola Tesla and then I realized that that it was just his his theories that went into the purple plates but I have the books and I'm going to read I'm, I'm going to read up on him because that's an area that I don't have the expertise in and so you know I I learned so much from doing these shows it's just phenomenal and and I don't think I ever would have read your poetry or your last book, which is fabulous. And I just, I loved it. And I, I so appreciate your being here. So thanks so much. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you, Barbara.